This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Beautiful move to the net. Great shot score! And Edmonton completes a dramatic comeback! Riley takes the step, settles into the pocket. He's got some time. Now he's going deep, looking down the sidelines. Oh, what a catch! And that's going to be a touchdown all the way to the end zone for Darrell Walker. An absolute bomb! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Well, that may be the last time you hear the Mike Riley highlight in the intro. All indications are that around 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, the BC Lions will announce that they have signed Mike Riley as free agency opens at 10 a.m. Mountain Time tomorrow. All indications are Riley going to the Lions where he started his CFL career. Big story to follow there. National Hockey League action tonight. Penguins lead the Flyers 1-0 early in the second period. The Oilers will visit the Penguins on Wednesday. You're going to hear from head coach Ken Hitchcock a little bit later on in the show. Pens up 1-0 on the Flyers. 4-30 face-off show Wednesday game at 6. Kings and Capitals tied 2-2 also early in the second period. Later on tonight, the Sharks will face the Canucks. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Ched, Len Rhodes. As of February 20th, will depart the Edmonton Eskimos after about seven years as president and CEO. And Len Rhodes joins us on the line now. Len, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm good, Reed. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for making time for me tonight. I know it's been a busy day for you. I've always appreciated when we've uh, when we've talked in the past, and uh, maybe uh, maybe the last time we'll do this, at least with you in your position as president and CEO. Take us through the process here of uh, of the decision to move on, Len. Yeah, decisions like this are never easy. You know, they're life decisions. Um, the, your career is an important one. And being in the role as president and CEO of the Edmonton Eskimo Football Club has been one of the most amazing things I could ever have imagined. It's more than a job. It's a way of life. And when I took this role, I, you know, moved here from eastern Canada and uh, Edmonton became home very quickly, and I fell in love with this city. And uh, a decision like this touches all facets of my life. But uh, I moved here. I met a wonderful woman, Maureen McKay, who I live with now, who's from Bakerville. So uh, Alberta, Edmonton specifically, is everything about me. Making a decision to move on from the Edmonton Eskimos was not done overnight. It was after many conversations uh, with the board of directors in terms of where we wanted to go. And I had felt that the end of 2019, where my contract was going to expire, was a, it was going to be the end of the road for me at the Edmonton Eskimos. And, and speaking with the board, we uh, quickly felt then, in the, through the evolution of our uh, conversations, that sooner versus later would be best for both parties. 
All right, so uh, February 20th, uh, you know, a, a lot of a lot of initiatives you were part of, Len. Is there, is there something you were most proud of or, or you feel that was, was a really cool initiative you were part of during your time here? Nothing will match the uh, feeling of winning the Great Cup in 2015. To be able to, to live that moment and experience it is uh, something that uh, ranks right up there with having your baby, getting married, uh, joining the Edmonton Eskimos. Those are the top moments of my life. Uh, things that on an ongoing basis that made me really proud was definitely being involved in this community. The Edmonton Eskimos gave me a platform that enabled me to stand up as a voice for certain issues. Uh, one is being uh, violence against women. I, I just uh, took a big stand on that given what went on in my life. Other touch points have been being able to speak on behalf of uh, awareness and research for prostate cancer. But amateur football, I think in the past number of years, we have now become the gold standard for what we do with flag football, tackle football at all levels. And that was bringing the U of A Golden Bears, the uh, junior teams, football Alberta together with the Eskimos so that we did things in tandem. And uh, we're a force to be reckoned with. There's more kids signing up for flag football. We found something amazing on that platform. Len Rhodes joining us on Inside Sports tonight. Outgoing president and CEO of the Edmonton Eskimos. He'll stay in the job, uh, well, not too much longer. February 20th will be his uh, last day. Len, you know, a lot of our discussions over the years have been during some tough times for the team as well. And, uh, you know, you, you know what it's like when you have a job like yours. You're going to face criticism. Over this past season, uh, you know, there were people that said, I don't care about concerts at halftime and musical performers. I just want a team that's that's going to win the Grey Cup. Uh, you know, how do you respond to the people who, who would say, yeah. you know, negative things about the concerts or some of the other things going on around the games? First, the concerts have been blown out of proportion. Uh, football operations has been allocated more money and resources than the history of the Edmonton Eskimos, and that's always been our first priority. Uh, I, it almost makes me laugh or cry when people tag me with rap. I don't even like rap. I didn't pick the halftime shows. I'm a classic rock guy. We let marketing people do that. I don't get into those details. My emphasis has always been uh, making sure I support with the resources to allocate the football uh, operations, to make sure that we have things like charters so that they can do things in comfort, to make sure that the amenities like the field house and everything that we have available and the locker room are given what they need. Um, that's been the first priority. The second priority has been what we do in game day, but it goes beyond half time shows. It's been the upgrades at the Commonwealth Stadium. It's been about setting the uh, facilities on Stadium Road so fans can partake in some pre-game events. And then the other element has been community. Community from amateur football to everything the 850 community visits that our players, our coaches, and my staff have done in a typical year is second to none. That makes me really proud. And then the sustainability of this club. We've never been in a better position financially. The, uh, our uh, stabilization fund is extremely healthy. We've had record amounts of corporate partnerships that never touched by anyone before. And the winning record in the seven years I've been there, it is a winning record. And the seven years prior to me coming in was actually a losing record. So uh, those are the facts, and I'm really proud of them. And uh, I always, the day I came in, 
I said, I hope to leave this club in a better position than when I leave, than when I entered, and I believe uh, I've accomplished that. Len, a big part of what's going to define your tenure as as presidency, well, it's two things. I think it's the Grey Cup, like you mentioned, and then obviously the the, the dismissal of, of of Ed Hervey. And, you know, since that moment, and I can tell you from doing the talk show, you know, your popularity with Eskimos fans really decreased, whether it was fair or not. How did you sort of, uh, I mean, I'm not going to revisit the, the Ed firing. We've, we've yeah. talked about that. But how did you sort of deal with that perception uh, with a lot of the fan base that, that you were slapped with after letting Ed go? And uh, that's a very uh, fair depiction. There was definitely a turning point. When you make, when you're a leader of an organization, whether it's the Eskimos or a corporation or a political life, you got to make the tough call. And people don't always know the full scope of all the considerations of factors that go into a decision. That's okay, but you've got to make them. The easiest thing would be to try to make every decision based on just being popular, and then you're not serving your role properly. Then you should not be president and CEO of a football club like the Edmonton Eskimos. So what was really important to me is doing what I think was great for the organization long-term. Not always the most popular things, because you have uh, people that are really uh, adored and loved as individuals, so we knew that would not be an easy one. But I always did things in alliance and alignment with the board of directors. I never blindsided them with anything. And the board has been phenomenal. The board, that evolves over time because people serve terms and then they get replaced. There's a group of people at any given time, nine people, that dedicate their time, their expertise as volunteers. They don't get paid a penny. But when sometimes we lose a game or don't make the playoffs, they have to live with the ramifications as well. But they're a governance board, and they understand their role. But, you know, whether it's me, whether it's the person selling tickets, sponsorship, the player on the field, the coach, we all share one thing. This organization is bigger than any single individual whether you're a player, whether you're the president and CEO. It's about the Edmonton Eskimos. And uh, we have a really caring group about doing things the right way that you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, whatever decision I made, I think I did it for the right reasons, and I can look at myself in the mirror as well. All right, Len, before I let you go, what's next for you? Maybe it's too early to ask that question, but do you have any idea? You know, I don't know. Uh, my focus has been 100% on serving the Edmonton Eskimos. But now I'll be looking at that, and I, uh, I uh, have a great network of people that I'll be reaching out to. I hope that uh, the next step keeps me in Edmonton. That would be my first choice, because this is my city. This is my home now. Uh, but I also got to uh, make sure that I find uh, employment in the future that uh, serves me and my family well. So we'll take those steps uh, one at a time. But right now, it's about making sure I follow through and doing everything in the next uh, 10 or so days uh, to fulfill my commitment, and we'll take it from there. Well, Len, I really appreciate all your time. Thanks for your work with the Eskimos over the past seven years, and, of course, we wish you all the best, man. Always good to have you on the show. Thank you, Reed, and thank you to Chet for being our broadcast, uh, broadcast rights holder. Uh, you do a phenomenal job filling content not only with the Eskimos but with the Oilers. Thank you very much. See you, Len. Bye. That is Len Rhodes checking in tonight, outgoing president and CEO of the Edmonton Eskimos. So uh, he is moving on. So now the search for a new guy begins. Man, a lot of searches for uh, key positions for the Eskimos and the Oilers coming up.
Oilers are looking for a GM. They may very well need a new head coach as well. Eskimos will be looking for a new president and CEO. lot to get to tonight. We're going to hear from Hitch. We're going to hear from Brad Sparrow. He's the chair of the board for the Eskimos. I'm happy to hear from you as well. You can text 630-630. You can call 780-496-0063. It is... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 617 Inside Sports on 630 Chat. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chat. Tuning in tonight, the Oilers practiced at the community rink this morning. We'll get to some clips from Ken Hitchcock throughout the show this evening. Ty Ratty did not practice. Remember, he blocked that shot at the end of the first period on Saturday. Matthew Benning did not practice. He missed the game with an upper body injury. Hitchcock said they will both have rehab skates tomorrow, and then they'll see how they feel. Next game Wednesday in Pittsburgh, Andre Sekera played twice for Bakersfield on the weekend. Hitch said he looked better in the second game than he did in the first Condors play again on Wednesday. And Sekera will play in that game, and that will mark the end of his conditioning assignment, though the Oilers can ask to have it extended by two games. The commissioner would have to sign off on that. So Sekera at least one more game with the Bakersfield Condors. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is 622. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 630. Ched, so busy, a lot going on. CFL free agency tomorrow. Mike Riley expected to leave the Eskimos for the BC Lions. The Eskimos have locked up some other players. Calvin McCarty, the old warhorse, going to be back for another season. Defensive back Forrest Hightower signed through 2019. Wide receiver Kenny Stafford has been signed through 2020. Offensive lineman Colin Kelly signed through 2020. And local boy long snapper Ryan King signed through 2021. So uh, none of those guys will test free agency. Some texts here to 63630. We just had Len Rhodes on the show. Good to catch up with him as uh, he's leaving the green and gold on February 20th, Jason says the Eskimos won the Grey Cup in 2015. They couldn't hang on to Chris Jones and his coaching staff. Later, Ed Hervey was fired. Ultimately, that falls on Len Roach. That is a text from Jason. Uh, Brandon says, last time I checked, the president of a team doesn't catch balls or make tackles. It's not on Len that the Eskimos missed the playoffs this year. Uh, Eric says, heard your interview with Len Reed. I don't really care about what he did in the community on the field. The team wasn't good enough, and that starts at the top. So the blame falls on Len. That is a text from Eric. And Aaron says, after seeing all the hatred for Len Rhodes on social media... Oh, this is a strong one from Aaron. He says, after seeing all the hatred for Len Rhodes on social media, I felt embarrassed to be an Edmontonian. No one is going to want to work for a sports team here with all the vicious, ungrateful fans. 
a sampling of some of the texts coming in to 63630. This portion of the show presented by Furnace Family, your 24-7 furnace repair and replacement specialist. Call 7804-FAMILY or FurnaceFamily.com. Well, you know what? Len worked hard. Uh, I, I'm in kind of an interesting position here. Obviously, I work for the station that broadcasts Eskimos games. I'm not a member of the actual broadcast crew, uh, and I am an Eskimos season's ticket holder. Before I started doing this job, I never was overly aware of who the president was or what he, he might have been doing or not doing. Um, I was not one who, you know, like I, as I've said, I'm the guy who doesn't like the Super Dogs. I don't need halftime entertainment whether it's a concert, whether it's super dogs, whether it's a guy parachuting in with the ceremonial football, whatever. I don't need it, uh, but it didn't make me dislike it or dislike Len or the marketing people who who brought it in. So, you know, I could have gone either way on that. Obviously, Len stepped up and fired Ed Hervey, who, quite frankly, is not the saint many of you believe him to be. Uh, it was not Len's decision alone, um, you know, Ed is uh, Ed can be tough to deal with, and uh, that's what happened. And he ultimately didn't win that power struggle. Whoever comes in, you know, they're going to have to make sure the team gets money and it makes money. And yes, there will be a football operations side to it that they're going to have to be responsible to. They're going to have to hire the right people, and uh, and go from there. Got about uh, forty-five seconds for Fred on the line. Go ahead, Fred. How's it going there, Reed? Good. What's the backup plan? I'm going to miss Riley big time. I haven't heard any backup plan. I hope it's not Kevin Glenn as a starter. No, they'll. I think they'll go after probably Trevor Harris. I think he's the leading candidate. Oh, okay. No, it's not much. Kevin Glenn as the starter. No, I didn't want that. Uh, well, nothing against Kevin Glenn, but as a starter, no. And uh, it's a kind of a tough time to be a sports fan in Edmonton right now, to be honest with you. Losing Mike Riley, the way the Oilers are going, and St. Louis. What's with St. Louis winning six in a row here? Well, you know, I got to give Rob Brown credit. He called that, but this has the potential to be a really tough week. Uh, <laughs> whether you like Len or not, the Eskimos got to hire somebody here. Riley's leaving. I'm pretty sure he's going to leave. And yes, I mean, Fred, the Oilers, they're pretty much out of it, buddy. Like it's, it could be eight points by Wednesday. So you're going to have to get go like what? You're going to have to win 20 of your final 27 games? I don't think they're good enough to do that. No, they're not going to do that. But one uh, kudos to the Bakersfield Condors on the 12-game winning streak. That's something to be positive about. And there's a lot of good players down there. I think a lot of them will be knocking at the door next year here. All right. See you, Fred. Take, take care. All right. We're back after the news with Brad Sparrow, chair of the board for the Eskimos. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. All right, NHL tonight. Penguins up 2-0 on the Flyers late in the second period. Edmonton is in Pittsburgh on Wednesday. Also in the second period, Capitals lead the Kings 5-3. Ovechkin with his 38th of the season. Sharks and Canucks will face off at 8 o'clock. 
My name is Reed Wilkins. You can text 63630. Our open line number is 780-496-0063. CFL free agency tomorrow at 10 in the morning. It is expected that Mike Riley will sign with the BC Lions, barring something incredible happening at the last minute. The Eskimos have locked up these players who will not become free agents. Receiver Kenny Stafford, fullback Calvin McCarty, defensive back Forrest Hightower, long snapper Ryan King, and offensive lineman Colin Kelly. The Eskimos news this morning, Len Rhodes, president and CEO, will depart the franchise on February 20th to discuss that. And other things going on with the green and gold, I'm pleased to welcome to the show Brad Sparrow, who is the chairman of the board of directors. Brad, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Very good, sir. How are you today? I'm doing very well. I'm happy to have you on the show. And obviously uh, the news uh, with Len came out this morning that uh, he's going to depart on February 20th. From a from a board point of view, uh, tell us uh, what led to this being the mutual decision here. Well, uh, first of all, Reed, uh, thanks for having me on the show. And I, I did want to uh, thank uh, Len uh, publicly for his service. And he's been a hard-working, dedicated leader of the Edmonton Eskimo Football Club, and we've been thrilled with his performance. Um, and going forward, he's, uh, you know, he set us up in great shape. We're fully supportive of what Brock Sunderland is doing and Coach Moss and his coaching staff. And, of course, the front office group of, uh, of uh, people are, are fantastic, and the business will run uh, uh, just fine uh, in the interim. Um, you know, I think uh, Len probably discussed the detail uh, length with Len uh, you know, when you have these things, there's two sides, and Len wants to go in his direction, and we just sort of worked it out that uh, this was the time and this is how it was going to be, and, and that's the way these things come together. So we wish him well, and, and now our board has to uh, try to find the right uh, replacement strategy, and we'll get to work on that right away. So tell us a little bit about how this, this search happens. Uh, I mean, obviously this is a, a high-ranking, high-profile position uh what goes into it and and what's the timeline brad can you tell me well we'll get to work with uh some uh, agencies or uh or agency and we'll put together uh some profiles of the type of candidates we're looking for and and get on with uh you know a nationwide search and we may find somebody local we may find somebody from outside edmonton and you know we'll look for the right set of skills and the right experiences and all the things that go into hiring somebody of this uh, of this type of role. So we look forward to it, and we hope to get it uh, underway quickly and uh, have somebody in place in the near future, but certainly before the start of the season. Right, okay, so that gives you a, a little bit of time, and that obviously makes sense. Brad Sparrow joining us on Inside Sports, Chairman of the Board of Directors for the Edmonton Eskimos. You know, I, I just had it Len on, and, uh, you know, as, as I as I phrased it with him, his position was, was high profile. He's going to draw criticism. He's going to hear things that he does that, that people don't like, even if, if some people do like them. Um, can you enlighten us on some things Len did that influenced the bottom line, the dollars and the cents for the Eskimos? Because I've, I've been told, and I'm, hopefully you can clarify it for me, that there may have been a drop in season's tickets while Len was here, um, but there was money coming in for some other areas that wasn't there before. You know, Is that true, and can you elaborate at all? No, I don't think that's true. They worked, uh, uh, Len's uh, uh, you know, is a good executive and uh, a good leader, and we've done very well in most of the categories, if not all the categories, on the revenue side. Uh, you know, on the revenue sides are tickets, sponsorship, merchandise, uh, 
you know, things of that nature. So, yeah, I don't have any numbers in front of me over a seven-year period, but we're very pleased with Len's performance. Um, and uh, nothing really to that. Um, as far as season seats, uh, this year, uh, I'm not sure exactly what pace we're on, but it's not uh, not too far off uh, previous seasons. Of course, last year we had Grey Cup and a number of people taking advantage of getting Grey Cup tickets by having season seats. So we'll, hopefully we can retain those folks and, and they'll come out and enjoy some good football this year. You know, and I and I brought this up to Len. His one of his high profile moves was he was he fired Ed Hervey, who was the GM of the 2015 Grey Cup team. Obviously, he played for the team and, and was a popular player in the late 90s and early 2000s. There's the I don't want to say everybody, but I mean I, I see a perception on social media and people who talk to me that Len drew criticism for not paying enough attention to football ops or, or meddling in football ops when he wasn't the football guy. Can you tell us about Len's relationship with football ops and, and how you saw him uh, interact with that department while he was here? Well, as I said, Len, Len's a good leader and uh, football ops uh, reported to him. Um, you know, I'm not going to get into the Ed Hervey uh, stuff or any other decisions. Uh, Len got paid to make tough decisions. And guess what? The next person to take this role is also going to have to make difficult decisions from time to time. Uh, and so uh, we live and die by those decisions, and, and we're pleased with the overall outcome of where we are today. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to get into any of the history of it, uh, Reed, but, uh, you know, we're very pleased with whatever, all the things that Len did. Uh, you know, the board of directors is pleased, and, and he's, he's left us in, in great shape with a good staff uh, right through football operations to the front office. Is, is there any priority with a new president to have sort of that dual knowledge of, of a football background and a business background, or is that not uh, not vital? Uh, it's not. Uh, you know, it's a little early to start uh, speculating about exactly the type of character we're going to try to find. Um, not easy to find, uh, you know, the CFL nine teams. Not easy to find somebody with all the experience on all the sides the business and the football sides, but we're going to have a good hard look and see what we get. Okay. Well, Brad, I appreciate you checking in tonight. Obviously, this is a big story. I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking again, and, and uh, probably when the uh, the new person is, is, is hired, we'll, we'll speak as well. I guess you don't have any good news on Mike Riley at 641 on a Monday night, eh? Nothing you can tell me? I, like every other Edmonton uh, Eskimo fan in the uh, vicinity of Edmonton, are hoping that uh, Mike Riley is in green and gold uh, come June. Okay. Well, I had to try just in case there was some last-minute news. Brad, all seriousness, though, thanks a lot for doing this. We appreciate the update and all the best. We'll see you at the stadium. Thank you, Reed. Have a good evening. All right. That is Brad Sparrow checking in tonight, the chairman of the board for your Edmonton Eskimos, as we wrap up Len Rhodes' tenure uh, as president and CEO. So uh, a lot of uncertainty here for the Eskimos. They will need a new president, and uh, they're probably going to need a new quarterback. Now, 24 hours from now, we could have a new quarterback because I think things could happen very quickly tomorrow with free agency. All the indications I have are that shortly after 10 o'clock, the BC Lions will announce the signing of Mike Riley. Uh, I know someone with uh, knowledge of what's been going on there told me that this, you know, Riley had permission to speak to the Lions, to speak to other teams and that the Eskimos have been pretty sure for about a week 
that uh, Riley was going to the Lions. So who's in play? Well, Trevor Harris is in play. Zach Kalaros is in play. Jonathan Jennings is in play. Travis Lule is in play. Bo Levi Mitchell is in play, though I think for him it's either the NFL or the Calgary Stampeders. I would think that a name at or near the top of the Eskimos list and probably with a fairly decent probability of winding up with the Eskimos if it's not Riley at the last minute. I think you got to look at Trevor Harris, who... Um, was a quarterback in Ottawa last season, led them to the Grey Cup, to the game. They lost to Calgary. Um, he started there for a couple of years, was was going back and forth with Burris for a couple of years before that, had a good kind of opening to his career with Toronto. So I think you, you got to look into Trevor Harris at this point as possibly the next quarterback for the Eskimos. It is 6.43. You'll hear from Hitch when we get back. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. Eight of the next 11 on the road for the Edmonton Oilers. Well, maybe that's a good thing. They're 2-11 and 11 in their last 13 home games. They are 4-2-2 two two in 2019 on the road. So that's since the start of January. They've had a couple of really bad games in there, road games, but still 4-2-2 two two away from home in their last eight. Their playoff hopes are faint, to put it as positively as possible. Uh, I mean, they stand virtually almost no chance of getting in. They have 53 points in 55 games. So let's say you got to get to uh, 90 points to be in the playoffs. They would have to get 37 points in their final 27 games. Uh, yeah, that's going to be tough. So that's going something like, oh, uh, I don't know. 17-7-3. and three. Think they can do that? Doesn't sound good. Hitch, of course, was pretty pointed after the game on Saturday. At this time of year, the coaches can't want it more than the players. Okay? That's number one. And at the end of the day, it's going to be decided whether we want to play the right way because it's successful or whether we just want to do our thing. And... To me, today was a game we just wanted to do our thing and paid dearly for it. All right, so at this time of year, the coaches can't want it more than the players. That obviously really stuck out. Well, a lot of things stuck out on Saturday when he said he was irritated and they're not determined enough and all that kind of stuff. But that, but that stuck out. So he was asked today, okay, so that sounds like you're saying, you know, the players don't want to win as bad. They don't want to win as bad as the coaches. They're not that interested in trying to get a victory. No, I didn't say that. I said... The players, the coaches can't want it, and I meant style of play more than the players. And the players have to want that style of play. And that's the ongoing dialogue and debate you get into with players all the time. Every coach goes through this. I I, I read the comments by other coaches, guys sitting on the bench, guys benched, everybody complaining. It's about style of play, and it's hard keeping... The way we have to play to win is a very difficult game, and we have to play that way to do it. But it's very challenging. It's physically demanding. It's not fun, but it's the way we're built right now, and we have to play this way, and and it's hard to do. Okay, so this interests me. 
Hits saying there, the way we have to play to win is a very difficult style of game. It's physically demanding, but that is the way we're built right now. It's not fun, but that's how we have to play to win. So what he's saying is this is a team that has to grind, has to play simple, that obviously doesn't have a lot of depth, so you got to try to get to three goals and allow fewer than three, and maybe you get some wins. But he's said that a lot over the last couple of weeks, well, more than the last couple of weeks, really since he took over as coach, that they are built a certain way. So they are not San Jose, they are not Tampa Bay, they are not Calgary. They are not blessed with some uh, depth in terms of talent. So how are you going to play? Well, you got to simplify it, you got to grind it out. you got to play committed defense. you got to block shots. you got to get in the way of the other team. All that kind of stuff. That is the way we're built, according to Ken Hitchcock. He has delivered that message in several interviews over the past few weeks. And the Oilers, at times, do that. And they're at least in a game. And here's what's going on on home ice, guys. They've lost five in a row at home. Think about this. In four of those five games, it's been 3-0 for the opposition before the Oilers have scored. So they're getting blown out or near blown out a lot of times on home ice. Well, they, I mean, they have been blown out. I guess they caught up to 3-2 against Detroit. They've had a lot of lopsided losses on home ice. They go into Minnesota on Thursday. Now, granted, Minnesota's not as good as San Jose, but they keep the shots to the outside. They frustrate Minnesota a little bit. They block some shots. They play determined defense in front of their own net. They're not cheating for offense. They actually back check most of the time. Uh, obviously, Dreisaitl and others, culprits in that area on Saturday night. So they don't do all these things that, that Hitchcock is talking about. It. So I said to Hitch today, you know, you keep delivering this message of how they have to play. You're telling it to us, the media, the fans are hearing it or reading it over and over again. How close is this message to sinking in? To the players. Look, it's a roll up your sleeves, get your hands dirty message. It, you're going to make mistakes along the way, Reed. You know, you're going to. It's not going to. It's not going to turn overnight. You know, you, you don't get this formula changed overnight. It's it's push, and you're going to have emotional setbacks. I mean, we we were so excited with the way we played, and many it was a four point game for both teams, and we we. We really were steady the whole game. And I, I think all of us, including the players, expected that, that we were going to carry that on. Well, we didn't. But you come back, you've you got to come back to work. You can't just keep uh, bemoaning the fact that, that you didn't get it done. You've you got to keep coming back to work, and you've got to grind. And, and we're, like I said, we're built, we're built a certain way, and when we play within that structure, and especially when you back it up with you know the analytics that were slapped on my desk this morning. It's pretty revealing, and we got to we got to figure that out. That's the part we got to figure out is we we got to be comfortable the way we're built and in our own skin right now. All right. So again, the way we're built, we got to be comfortable. We got to do these things. We have analytics that back up when we do certain things. We win or come pretty darn close to winning. That's all coming from Hitch. So here here's the, another debate with the Oilers this year. So they've fired one head coach, and they have almost an, an identical points percentage under the second head coach, who's, you know, I think tried some different ways to deal with the team, 
get through to the team, create some consistency. Nothing's really worked. They fu- they fired the general manager who did not do a good job. Um, so now we have Hitch saying that uh, they know how to play. He's delivering the message to how to play. Why why aren't they doing it all the time? So what what does this get back to for everybody? I'm, I'm curious to know what you guys think too. Is this a group of players who for some reason are refusing to do some fundamental things that uh, that help you be successful in hockey or is this just a roster that is so poor that they just can't physically execute what they're supposed to do I've talked a lot this season about the flaws in the roster. I gave Peter Shirelli an F in my mid-season re- report card. He's been fired. I'm not going to sit here and dance on his grave. So, But we have a bunch of players who aren't as good at playing NHL hockey as guys on a lot of other teams. Having said that, do I think this group of players can play better that they, than, than they did on Saturday night and than they have in a lot of games, especially on home ice? Well, yes, I do, but I do want to clarify we're talking maybe 5 or 10% better. So if we're talking 5% better, you have 56 points instead of 53. If we're talking 10% better, you have 58 points or 59 instead of 53. That puts you in a lot better position in the playoff race, but I don't look at the Oilers and say, well, heck, they should have uh, 70 points. They should be up there with Calgary and San Jose. No way. In my mind, and I'll I'll ask Kelly Rudy about this later on when I have him on the show, in my mind what we're talking about here is that regardless of your hockey ability or skill, that if you've reached the NHL, there are probably some responsible and intelligent things that you can do to hinder the progress of the opposition. And as Hitch said after Saturday night's game, you have San Jose Shark players walking off the wall with the puck without really having to win a puck battle. So I think that's why he's saying we have to get back to how we're built, which is to play a grinding, simple, straightforward type of game, with the exception of obviously the three stars, though they didn't have a great game on Saturday either. Um, So I think this is still mostly a problem with the roster. But I think there is a little bit more to give. I just wonder if frustration has set in and a lot of the belief has been sapped out. We're going to find out over the final third of the season. Back after the 7 o'clock news with former big league pitcher Ryan Dempster. He's going into the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.